you guys ready to get in the word this morning? I want to talk to you today about a subject that is so dear to my heart. Um, I started a series with our men on Tuesday morning. Uh, it's of utmost importance, and that is living a Holy Spirit-led life. There's over 350 passages in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. There is over, over 50 titles given to him, and every one of those titles, they, they literally reveal the way he operates. He is multifaceted. And notice how I keep saying he. If there was one thing that Jesus emphasized when he would talk about the Holy Spirit, he would always use the personal male pronoun, always. Sometimes up to maybe 10 times in two or three verses. He would always do that. And this, is, this, this became such a reality to me as I did a study um, about the Holy Spirit, about the, the person, the nature, and the work of the Holy Spirit, about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, about the 12, uh, or I'm sorry, the nine, <laughs> the Amplified Version 12, let's get back to reality, the nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You know, we need his help. If there's one thing that describes him, he is a divine person. I said a divine person because he is God. But he is a person. And he loves you. And you know, there's a call upon his life. It uses the same words like where Jesus said, listen, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I've ordained you to do certain things. He is literally called and ordained to help you walk your race. In this environment of the season of your life, we are moving closer to the end of the church age so we know we're no longer in the last days. That started when Jesus came out of the grave. We're in what um, Paul's letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said in the final days. It's, it says last days, but the Greek word is final days. We're in the final days. And um, I gotta tell you, have you noticed things get a little crazy in the world system, but things are not to get crazy in your life? God did not create your physical body to handle stress. He did not give you a spirit of fear, right? The Bible never says to try things. It says to do them. It, it tells you to know certain things. The Holy Spirit is your helper. So I want to talk to you about him today. And we're going to kind of go through some scriptures. We're going to go to the book of John, and we're going to see what Jesus did. Now, I, I want you to see the story here. Because Jesus had been with these guys for three and a half years, and he's going to the cross now. So this is the last this is the last thing, those last chapters in the Gospel of John. These are the last things that Jesus said to his disciples. And think about it. I mean, at one point, Jesus was preaching in his ministry about, you got to eat my body and drink my blood. And people started freaking out. And they're like, man, I'm out of here. And they started leaving. And then Jesus, 
you know, some pastors, man, they beg people to stay in their church and they get, the, it sucks the life out of you. Just bless people where they go. Let God be God, right? So, so instead of that, Jesus looked at him and goes, hey, he looked at his 12 disciples and goes, hey, you guys are going to go too. And this is the heart of those disciples. They're like, where would we go? You alone have the words of life. They had literally lived with Jesus for over three years. He was their everything. They gave up everything to follow him. And now he's saying, guys, I'm going to be leaving. And where I'm going, you can't come right now. So you could imagine... I mean, the underlying current in all of their lives was, okay, he's the Messiah, we're finally going to be rid of this Roman rule, and he's going to set up his kingdom. Wow. Jesus ministered in a political environment where everybody was trying to get him to be political. And yet he just kept preaching the word. That's why we'll keep preaching the word here. But I mean, this you've you got to get this picture but Jesus said some powerful things. He literally, as he was talking to them, he's like, guys, and he uses the word, it's expedient that I go. That word in the Greek means it's more profitable for you that I go to the Father because I'm going to send you another comforter. In other words, who was the first comforter? Jesus was. And this word, he used the word alos in the Greek. I'm going to send you another comforter that is just like me. So think about it. So let's just say, Helen, you and I are two of his disciples 2,000 years ago. And let's say, I mean, I really need to talk to Jesus, but Jesus is talking to Helen. Right? And Helen's a lady, so she's probably telling him all the truth. And I'm like... <laughs> Can you condense this? Because I really need Jesus, right? But I've got to wait because he's going to minister to her. I mean, if there's one thing about Jesus, he gave the person undivided attention and wasn't moved by anything because he's all in with her. And then when he's done with her, then my turn. It's not like that now. Right now, Helen could really need the presence of God and need that helper, need to talk to Jesus. And do you know, I might really need to talk to Jesus too. And we both can at the same time now because now the helper is not only, it's not, he's not only living with her, he's in her. He's in me. So it's more profitable. So, you know, sometimes you think, man, would it have been cool, would it have been cool to walk with Jesus? Do you know you can? Just read the Gospels and start, start meditating in Scripture. I've seen the woman with the issue of blood. It was, it's, I can't hardly talk about it, because when the Holy Spirit, he brings revelation knowledge, you see it, and you know. He'll start talking to you about these things. You'll see things. I mean, I can't wait in heaven. I'm sure we'll be able to kind of watch the video, right? might not be a video. It might be like, instead of 8K, it might be like 3 million K, right? Or it might be some new technology, L. 
right? But we might get to see these stories, and I'm telling you, when I watch the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'll be like, I'll be watching it, and it'll be like I'm watching a rerun because I've seen it before. Why am I saying this? You and I have the privilege of having the Holy Spirit in us. As we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is not an option for a believer, then the, then the Holy Spirit, not, as, not only just within you, he comes upon you, and he will be with us forever. So that, that means when, you're, when your spirit leaves your body at the end of your life, or if we hear a trumpet and we're changed as we go up, guess who stays with us? The Holy Spirit. So let's look at this last discourse. Go to John chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse 16. We'll start there. It is so important because we're living in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost, the church age, we must know him. How in the world can you be led by somebody you don't know? And I'm telling you, he wants you to know him intimately, right? So let's look at this. Jesus is talking and he says, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you, here it is, another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth. So this is chapter 14. In chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus is going to define as he's praying to the Father, he's like, Father, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. So now we find out that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, or he is the spirit of the word. He literally will, everything he does, he will only move through the parameters of the word of God. So around here, we love the move of the Holy Ghost. We love the proper move of the Holy Ghost, right? Now, he'll do things that sometimes you look at it and makes you wonder, but he's not weird, right? You don't have to be afraid. I always thought, oh man, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Am I going to be like right in the middle of something and all of a sudden tongues is just going to burst out? No, no, he's a gentleman, right? He's a gentleman. You decide when you speak in tongues, right? Now, for some reason in Omaha, Nebraska, when I moved here, everybody, when they would talk about tongues, they're like the gift of tongues. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what... And people will say, well, no, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit... You don't, everybody doesn't speak in tongues. You have to have that gift. And it's like, no, 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 time out. You're getting that mixed up. That's the gift of tongues, right? That's one of the nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. And the gift of tongues won't do you any good in a public service without this, another gift of the Spirit, which is the interpretation of tongues. Because otherwise, nobody knows what you're talking about. In the church at Corinth, they would literally, one person would get up and they would start doing everything in tongues. Oh yeah? 
Pastor Dave, that, that's good, but watch me now. I mean, could, I'm so glad I didn't pastor the church in Corinth. We get mixed up with all this stuff. But the word is very clear on the Holy Spirit, on his gifts, how he operates, who he is. Very clear. And he is the spirit of truth. So in other words, he is the agent of divine revelation. So in other words, when it says in the book of Psalms, the entrance or the opening of his word gives light, there's only one individual that can open God's word so that you can see it, and it's not you. I don't care how smart you are, how, how, how great your IQ is, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you, the only the Holy Spirit can open it. He, only, he opens the word. He's the agent of divine revelation. And he is the one that will lead you into all the truth. What does that mean? As you're believing God, let's say you're believing God for healing. He will lead you on exactly what to do, what to say, what to do. Something happens in your life and a situation happens and all of a sudden he'll be right there for you to declare something from the word of God so that you don't suffer loss, right? I remember Oral Roberts, uh, one of his big leaders in his ministry, this guy when he was a young man loved to run. He's like Pastor Edwin, just loves to run. I don't understand why a person would run more than 120 feet at a time and then shoot a basketball into a hoop. But, but Pastor Edwin goes out and runs six to seven miles every time you go out and run. Well, that was this guy. But now he's way, way up in age, and you know, he just, he, he doesn't run anymore because his knees are kind of messed up or whatever. And so anyway, he gets sick, and in the hospital, he codes. And his wife is standing there. And, and, and the guy tells the story because he comes out of his body, he's with the Lord, and then he's running. And he grew up in the country and he's running in the most beautiful countryside. He said, I was running just full speed. I never felt so good, never run so fast, pain-free. Well, what he did, he was up in heaven. And, and what was happening down here? His wife started yelling, no, uh, in the name of Jesus, you are not leaving me here. I command you to come back into your body right now in Jesus' name. A gift of special faith came over her. And all of a sudden, wham, he goes from running, feeling great. He's back in his body. He comes, he, the code stops, he comes, and he was ticked. Because now he's laying there, he's like, are you kidding me? Could you imagine? Anyway, why did I say that? You'll have to figure that out. Discern it, discern it. No, he is the spirit of truth. And it says this, whom the world cannot receive. It doesn't say they will not receive, it says they cannot. The reason why, because it sees him not, neither knows him. So when you tell people about the Lord, if they look at you kind of like, what are you talking about, you freak? See, I live my life like I have a green light with everybody to talk about the Lord. 
I, that's the way I live my life. I, I just live my life that way. But the minute I get a red light, I stop. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I was talking to Cheryl before the service, and she was talking about how she shared. And, and you know, we we're, we were kind of talking about how sometimes people could beat people up. You better turn or burn. Well, the Holy Spirit, have you noticed he never pushes you? He leads you. So if you're ever trying to push somebody else, that's all you. That's not him. Amen. So we need to learn how to flow with him. He doesn't flow with us. He'll come alongside and help us walk our race. If you get off the path, he's not going to help you walk that race. He's going to try to woo you back on the path. Right? That's what he'll do. And then when you get back on the path, then he'll help you walk your race. But he's always there to help you. It says here, it says, but the world cannot receive him because it sees him not, neither knows him. But then Jesus said this, but you know him. Now think about this. He's talking to 12 disciples. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them yet. But Jesus said, you guys know him for three and a half years. You have seen, you've been with me. I am the comforter. He's just like me, so you know him. Jesus was saying, guys, this Holy Spirit that I send to you, or that the Father sends to you, he's going to be just like me. So you actually will know how he'll be just like me. Right? I love that. And it says, look at this, for he dwells with you. How does he dwell with you? In salvation? No. He dwells with you in the baptism in the Holy Spirit where the Spirit comes upon you. Notice how Jesus put that first because of how important that would be in their life. And it says, and shall be in you. Well, how is he in you? In salvation. The moment you invite Christ to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and makes you brand new and then he takes up eternal residency in you. Jesus said in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Have you ever noticed that's a little different? I won't leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. Well, time out, Jesus. You just told me you're leaving. And where you're going, I can't go. And you're going to send uh, another comforter, but you're saying, I'm, I'm going to be with you. Yes. It's kind of like this. Philip, you're asking me to show you the Father? Philip, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in other words, this Holy Spirit comforter, he's just like Jesus. He testifies of Jesus. He takes what he hears Jesus say, and he tells you. So in other words, Jesus is here. It's the same thing. So you starting to see some things? Do you know, let's break this down, another comforter, Allos, one of the very same kind. So if you want to know how the Holy Spirit leads, 
All you got to do is read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and look at how Jesus led the disciples, and you will know, you'll know how the Holy Spirit will lead you. I mean, it's kind of cool. So, so think about it. Jesus is like, hey, you guys go ahead on the boat. I'm, I'm going to spend some time with my father. I'll come. I'll meet you guys on the other side. All of a sudden, they're on the boat, and here's Jesus. He's walking by them. He's walking to the other side. And they see. They, they think, oh, my gosh, there's a spirit. Then, then they, they cry out, well, it's Jesus, and then they invite him in the boat. And he's like, okay, and he comes in the boat. Holy Spirit's just like that. He'll let you walk and do everything on your own. He won't violate you. But boy, if you'll call him into your boat, he'll be like, okay. Right? Bible says things like, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Well, you're like, well, why wouldn't God draw first? Oh, no, he did. He sent Jesus and drew first. And he gave you everything. But now he's such a gentleman, he can't force anything on you. Think about it. If he would force things on you and make you do things, do you think any babies would be aborted in this world this morning? Nope. You think anybody would be raped or murdered? No, no. No. Because he's big enough. Think of how long-suffering he is. Right? But no, he's sovereign, and here's rule number one of sovereignty in the earth. It's man's will trumps his will. Right? So this no-fault gospel thing that's being preached, well, if God wants me healed, he'll heal me. Well, he wants you healed, and he healed you. Read the book. Well, but no, but my pastor, no, then your pastor, unless he's saying it is written, then he's wrong. If I get out there saying anything that this doesn't say, I'm wrong. Follow me as I follow Christ. If I don't follow Christ, run out of here. Pastor, love you, pray for you, have a great life, hope you get it right, but I got to go. I got to find somebody that's going to tell me the truth. And theologian so-and-so is not the truth. Yeah, but he studied for 20 years. I don't care. No, the word is truth. The Holy Spirit leads you into the truth. Living in these times, you have absolutely nothing to fear. Isn't that good news? Nothing to fear. All hell is breaking loose in the earth. That's not a new thing. That's been breaking out since the garden. Right? But guess what? The Bible says the greater one lives on the inside of me. And he will always keep me ahead of what the enemy's doing. He will always show me things to come. It's amazing. So if you look at this, another comforter, it's the Greek word parakletos. The, the, probably the best word to, to say what this is is a helper. But the parakletos is one who comes alongside and takes hold with you. He doesn't do, as a Christian, he doesn't do anything for you. He does everything with you. Now, but wait a minute, he doesn't line up with you, right? You have to line up with what the word says. 
and then he comes alongside and he'll take hold with you. He, as you. As you walk with him it, and you get full of the word, he'll cause you to stand against the wiles of the devil. That, that word stand means you'll survey the battlefield. He'll lift you up and show you exactly, hey, he's coming right there. And here's three scriptures to say it is written to keep him out of your life, to keep him out of your family, right? He'll wake you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, pray for your son, pray for your daughter, right? Divine protection. He'll do all of this, but we got to get to know him so we don't miss it. You know, I've missed his direction. One time, my wife and son had to go to California. My son was in this soccer thing as a little kid or not not I don't even remember how old you were David you weren't little little you were a little bit bigger a big soccer tournament so they were coming back flying in I was going to go pick them up man I had hardly gotten any sleep I was in I was meeting with somebody and I was over by Oakview Mall and so I'm driving to go pick them up and I started driving and I'm almost falling asleep at the wheel and and I'm just really tired and I could just the Holy Spirit is going call Sarah have her go get them, and you go home. No, no, I want to show them how much I love them. So I'm driving down Sorensen, and it was crazy. That median that separates all the traffic going this way from all the traffic coming this way, it moved over. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. All of a sudden, I hear this, Bang! And I'm, I'm driving at a fort, you know, like in an angle. And I'm like, whoa. And so I'm looking around. I, you know, it's amazing how fast you wake up. I was wide awake. Senses were alert. I get down off the median. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm thinking about, man. I mean, I knew right there I shouldn't be driving to get them. Right? So I'm driving, and so then I'm driving, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, this is okay. Nobody got hurt. Car's fine, because I'm still driving. I let go of the wheel a little bit. It didn't go anywhere, so I'm like, oh, the alignment must be fine. So I, I go to turn left into the airport, and I hit the turn signal. And if, has, if your turn signal lever is broken, have you ever noticed it, it blinks really fast? So I'm like, oh, shoot, man, I must have, maybe somehow I damaged the, you know, the, the turn signal. I go in and I park because I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to go up to the gate and welcome them. I pull in. I park the car. I go to open my door and it opens like six inches. I'm like, Ugh. But I couldn't see any damage. So I kind of open the door enough to get out. And I've never seen the inside of where the tire is and all that stuff. But there was a sign on that median that I didn't know about, and it literally ripped everything off. I can't believe the airbag didn't deploy, <clears throat> you know, and uh, it was like five, almost $6,000 worth of damage. So, <laughs> so I go pick them up, and I'm walking back. David, I don't know if you remember this, but I think you saw the car first, and he's like, Oh, you know, and, I mean, there, this is just, it's just a mess, right? So here we are. So now I'm a little concerned because there's a lot of pieces of my car that are missing. And so we're driving down Sorensen, and here we go. I'm like, oh, yep, this was the intersection. The sign was laid down. 
and there was pieces of my car everywhere, and I'm just doing what a good Christian would do, just let's just keep driving. I'm looking, I'm looking at the poles, are there any cameras anywhere, you know, and all this stuff. That's funny. You know, I missed it. God didn't do that or allow that to teach me something. I missed it. Have you ever missed it? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't, we will pray for you because you're kind of living a little blind here, okay? But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to help you in everything, little things. And here's the thing, when you miss it, he doesn't beat you up about it. He just woos you back. He's like, learn from this, right? And, and it, I mean, it was just so, so sensitive. So sensitive. Sometimes, see, when you, when you yield to him, I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out all the times that we weren't in the intersection, all the, all the things that he did. John, I don't know if you remember, one night we were going out after church. Remember that? And so John and I are driving together and uh, pull up to 144th Street. We're going down Blondo. We're going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and we're going down there. And, and the, light is, uh, the light turns green. And normally when I drive, I'm a progressive driver. I don't, I don't wait. I just go. And for some reason, you and I just sat. The green light, we just sat there. And after about, what, three, three seconds, four seconds, a motorhome going 60, 70 miles an hour went, whoo, blew the light. I'm so glad, because I probably wouldn't be here. John, you probably wouldn't be here either. I mean, it was just, that thing was huge. It would have just hit us. And I, I have no idea why we stopped. Well, I do know now. The Holy Spirit was trying to protect us. We need a helper. Amen. This is the valley of the shadow of death. So let's go over to John chapter 15. Next chapter, Jesus says this. He said, oh, and by the way, did you notice in these verses, 16, 17, 18, five times he uses the personal, personal masculine pronoun he. He or him. Five times in three verses. So now John chapter 15, verse 26, it says this, but when the comforter, the parakletos again, is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, again, even the spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, what is he going to do? He shall testify of me. So if anybody ever says, hey, the Lord has a word for you, and, and, and he, says, thus, or he or she says, thus saith the Lord, and they say something that is contrary to Scripture, just smile, thank them, and throw that out. Right? Because that's not the Holy Spirit. He will, he will testify. This Greek word testify means he will witness of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1, 1 and 1, 2, right? It goes on, but then in verse 14 it says, and the Word 
became flesh and dwelled among us. Verse 14, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He will only testify of Jesus. So in other words, the Holy Spirit executes the will of the Father, testifies of the Word, and always will glorify the Son. Never will he glorify himself. Ever. Okay? So what does he do? He executes the will of the Father. He testifies of the Word, and he glorifies the Son. That's what he does. So now let's go to John 16. John 16, verse 7. The Lord told me about today that he's going to bring, it's, just, it's, like, it's like he's going to bring a focus in your life. Going from this place today, you are going to see very clearly the Holy Spirit's fingerprints all over you and all over your life, and you're going to see very clearly. You're going to get to know him more deeply, more intimately. He's going to bring it into focus. John 16, 7 Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic version because it brings out the Greek parenthetical definition. And it gives us seven words that really expound on this. It, well, it gives us the word comforter and then six other words that expound on the word comforter. Verse six, John chapter 16, verse 7 in the Amplified. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable. Now here's the definition. He's given you the definition of expedient. It's profitable. Good, expedient, advantageous. So we have an advantage over the ones that were with him. I love that. For you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you into now look at this will not come to you now it brings out the greek into close fellowship with you but if i go away i will send him to you again look at this to be in close fellowship with you the holy spirit loves you he wants to be in close fellowship you already have relationship but he wants to be in close fellowship. You know where it talks in the Bible of how you can grieve the Holy Spirit? You know what grieves him? Is when you're not in close fellowship. Is he mad at you? No. He just wants to be in close fellowship. You know, I'm with my wife a lot. So, you know, we're going on vacation, so they're in Newport Beach, California right now. We're going to see friends, our pastor friends, you know, our pastors in California. We're going to go see my stepdad. 
We're gonna have a great time. I go home after this picnic. Man, was it dark in our house. She wasn't there. I go in our bedroom. It's like, I didn't like that. I didn't even sleep very good. Right? I'd go to sleep. Man, I gotta get to sleep because I wanna be rested. Lay there, sleep for an hour, get up, go in my office, spend some time with the Lord. He's like, go to bed. I'm like, okay. She wasn't there again. Right? I just, because I like to be in close fellowship with her. So right now, I'm really looking forward to this evening when I get to be with her again. Right? That's, that's the way the Holy Spirit is. He loves you. He, he knows everything. He knows what you're going to face. He knows everything. He's all, right now, right, September 12th, guess what? Right now, figure this out with our wonderful brains. Right? Figure out this. Guess what? He's not only in September 12th. He's in September 13th. He's in next month right now. Do you know what right now he saw that he sees the day you were born because he's there. He sees the day that you accepted Christ. He sees every day because he's in every day in your past right now and he's in every day of your future right now. And he knows everything you'll face and he wants you to be in close fellowship with him because the enemy wants to take you out. He wants to stop you from fulfilling the call of God for your life. How many of you have had anything happen in your life even before you got saved? That's all the work of the enemy. The enemy tried to snuff my life out. Right? I mean, but the Holy Spirit, he wants to take you by the hand. Listen, he'll protect you from everything. Live under the shadow of the Almighty. Guess what? He is the Almighty. God the Father, the Almighty. God the Son, the Almighty. God the Holy Spirit, the Almighty. Right? And he's in you. Isn't that amazing? I love this. Comforter. That part of that word comforter means a consoler. Have you ever been sad? He will console you. Right? The loss of a loved one, right? He'll comfort you. He'll console you. He'll be right there, and he knows you. He's your creator. He knows everything about you. He knows exactly how to comfort you. So all you got to do is invite that in. He's your counselor. So many Christians got to run around. I need to talk to somebody. You got the one who knows everything in you. He is the counselor. He's the great counselor. He's also a helper. He gives you assistance. When I was talking to the men, the way the Lord explained this to me years ago, man, it's amazing how when you're benching and you got this barbell, now unless you're Steve, wow, who benches 560 pounds alone, you even made, was it 560? Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. It was only 540 pounds. My shoulders, and my, that ripped me apart. And he brought his family down. I want you guys to see it, so I, I just, and then he, I'm like, without a spotter? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they, this is why they're people of faith. I mean, they, they've learned how to trust God, right? But it's amazing when you're lifting 
and, and you're spotting somebody and they've got a lot of weight on there and you have, I, I would put three fingers on each side, you know, kind of get ready. And whenever the bar would stop moving, you just touch the bar. And as soon as you touch the bar, it starts moving again. It's amazing. He's our helper. It's like he's your spotter. So whenever you start to get stuck at some place in life, he'll get you going. His touch will get you going. And this is what his touch looks like. See, your eyes start getting off, and his touch, he'll just bring you right back. Get your eyes, get your eyes right back on Jesus. Because remember, we walk by faith, which means I meditate in the word of God he reveals something about himself who does that, the Holy Spirit, and then I progress. So if you feel stuck in life, it's because you've gotten your eyes off Jesus. And if you get your eyes back on the Lord, don't beat yourself up. Remember, there's no guilt, condemnation, or shame for us because Jesus already paid for that. He'll get your eyes back on the Lord, reveal something about him so you get moving again. Have you ever gotten yourself in a mess? You do things. Right? Well, some people get themselves in a mess because they've done something. Then there's Tony Finley. Have you ever noticed about messes? You kind of do this, and it's a mess. Then this is a mess, and then this. And then by the end of it, you're standing there going, and Satan's going, yeah, there's no way out. You just, you're just done. The Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 I'm your way out, yeah. right? Remember Jesus? No, no, I am the truth, I'm the life, but what did he start out with? I'm the way. He's the way out. He gives you a way out. He's our helper. I love that. Not only that, he's our advocate. Our advocate. That's like an attorney. He's one who pleads the case for another who is in trouble and can't get out of the mess themselves. Has he ever got you out of a mess? Man, I'm so glad he's got me out of a mess. Right? He's also an intercessor. He brings, an intercessor brings two people together. He literally keeps me connected to the Father. Not in, not in relationship. I'm, I'm the Father's, he's my heavenly Father. He's my dad. But he keeps me, he keeps me in fellowship. He's also my strengthener. You know, I told a story, you know, the, the best way I would describe strengthener, it's, that is somebody who... Who, who will build strength into another. In other words, he's your personal trainer. He's your strength coach. Man, when you have a good strength coach, so I think of Angela. Angela is my wife's trainer. It's hilarious. I, I'm, I hear them in the basement because I could hear through the vent. Sometimes I go... And by our bathroom sink in our master's area, and I could go and I'd stand there and I could hear. I hear Jeanette, oh, and I hear Angela laughing. <laughs> Yesterday, Jeanette, she's getting ready to go on a plane, and she's, she'd get out of the car. She's like, ooh. I'm like, what'd you do? She's like, oh, Angela had me doing deadlifts. And Angela, she's a trainer, so you're going to do them perfectly. 
right? But that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll build strength into you. Do you know in some areas you're pretty strong? But in other areas, maybe you're not. Guess what? He knows. He knows exactly what you need to be strong in because of what you're going to face. And he will get you ready to go into a fire. He'll get you ready to face Goliath. He'll get you ready for everything, and he's the greater one. And he's standing by you, which means you've all, he always causes you to triumph. He always gives you the victory. So if you're a one, he'll be a 99. If you're a 99, he'll be a one. But you'll always be more than enough. Whoever's born of God overcomes the world system. That's continual present tense in the Greek. That means whoever is born again, whoever is born from above, constantly overcomes the world system. So don't be afraid of anything in the world system. Because the enemy's defeated, he has no authority, you've been given all authority, and God is with you. I love that. And he's your standby. In other words, as you're sitting in church right now, guess what? He's sitting right next to you, and he's sitting right on the inside of you. And he's just standing by. Whatever you need something, he's there. Isn't that amazing? I love that. So the work of the Holy Spirit, your comforter, is to prepare you, is to train you, and is to maintain you. He's always doing those things. He prepares you, he trains you, and he maintains you. Every area of your life. So now let's go to John chapter 16. Let's look at verse 13 through verse 15. This is an interesting. Now Jesus is really starting to get going. It's building. If you ever notice with Jesus, now he's going to say some other things and it's going to build on what he's already said. It says, now how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, now he's going to add something else. He will guide you into all truth. In other words, he will guide you into all of the word. Guide you. That's the Greek word, hodego. We get our English word, tour guide, from that word. If you go to Israel, like when I first went to Israel, there was a spirit-filled uh, Jewish man, born-again spirit-filled Jewish man, Aaron Lavarco. And this guy is awesome. He lives in Jerusalem. Everywhere we went, he had been so many times, he'd studied it, he knew everything about everywhere we went, he was our tour guide. The Holy Spirit has been everywhere in every day of your life, he knows everything about what you're going to face, and he's there to guide you. He knows every minefield the enemy has placed, he knows every one of them, right? What was it? I don't know if it was the Six-Day War or something. They were out in the desert, something, and like this great wind came and blew the sand away from and exposed every mine for the Israelis. 
But that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He, as, see, he will, he, it's a light to your, lamp to your feet and a light to your path. So you're walking this way and then he'll go, okay, go this way. That's how come you don't want to ever be led by money. Well, I'm going to take this job because it will pay me more. No, 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 no. Your provision is not your job, it's him. And sometimes you think you're going backwards but you are never going backwards following him because the path of the righteous is one of increase. And you could take a job for less money and end up, what you don't know, it's you're going to meet somebody here and it's going to catapult you into something greater. It's always increase, but you're missing a minefield there. Yeah, but if, gosh, you know, Pastor Mark, Man, you had a job opportunity in another state years and years and years ago. Aren't you glad you didn't take that? Stayed here, his whole family's restored, got a thriving business, ministry, right? It's, but, but why is it? Is it that you should never move away? No, no, no. You should never do anything without his leading. If he leads you, then move, right? You always go where he says, because he knows. He will guide you into all truth. How will he do that? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Are you kidding me? Are you here to tell me that God, the Holy Spirit, does not speak his own words he speaks what jesus says but i you know hey i'm my own man don't tell me what to do i'm going to say what i need to say because god is made you know i'm a born again spirit-filled christian i you know i could just speak really god doesn't even do that could it be that maybe to experience the life of god and live at the life the, the quality of life that God lives at, that we are to say what he says? Well, how much of scripture says that? Hebrews, hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. The profession, it's the Greek word homologeo. It means to say the same thing. When Jesus was on the earth, man, you talk about it. If you, if you want to talk about the healing power of God, Look at the ministry of Jesus. Jesus says, I never, he never spoke his own word. He only spoke what he heard his father say. The words that he spoke were from the father. The works that he did were from the father. The words that you and I are to speak are from Jesus. The works we're to do are Jesus working through us. That's, that's the way we operate. The word, it, it goes completely opposite from the world because I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Well, you can do that and good luck. And, and maybe you'll have some success naturally. But you'll shoot way low because what God calls you to do, he's not calling you according to your ability only. He's calling you to your ability mixed with his ability to do divine things, to leave an eternal footprint in the earth. Right? You could make some good money and maybe pay off your house in 10 years. He could pay off your house in three seconds. Right? 
guy in Southern California, a friend of mine who has a lighting company, guy in Cal- one of his clients was this young guy, <clears throat> multimillionaire overnight. Back, now this is years ago, when, when you would make a long-distance phone call, you'd have to say what service, what long-distance service you had to use, right? MCI, AT&T, and then they would give that call to that company. So this kid starts a company. The name of his long-distance service was I Don't Care. <laughs> Everyone in the United States of America who made a long-distance phone call and said, I don't care, came to his company. He was instantly a multimillionaire overnight. Another guy, he's in college, and he has this idea. He's he's kind of a scientist. I I don't know what kind of science background, but, but God gives him this idea of a glue adhesive. And when you drive in California... If you go off the road, you hit these things that they're bumps, that they're glued to the road. Well, he invented the glue. He's probably on some beach today. I went one time to a party in Palm Springs of a guy who invented the tacking strip that holds down carpets. He was doing okay. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Could God give you an idea? Guess what? The Holy Spirit knows everything. Knows everything. When Pastor Edwin, when you were getting your PhD studying pancreatic cancer, I'm like, isn't it cool that you have the one on the inside who created the pancreas and knows everything about pancreatic cancer? So it says, he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Then he says in verse 15, all things that the Father hath are mine. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, Everything that the God of the universe has is mine. Therefore, said I, he will take of mine and show it unto you. Now, what's interesting about these three verses, the personal masculine pronoun, he or him, is used ten times in three verses. Went from five to ten now. I wonder if he wants you to know that he's a divine person. And he loves you, and he's there to help you and guide you into all the truth. Right? He's there to be your standby, your strengthener. Do you need counsel? He's your counselor. Do you need comfort? He's he's your consoler. He's your comforter. I love that. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us to reveal what God has said and what God has did. He will show you, he will, he will literally transport you back to the woman with the issue of blood. He'll take you into Jesus' house when they're breaking up the ceiling and lowering this man down. He'll take you where you're there when this guy full of leprosy comes up to him and Jesus reaches out and touches him. He touches the leprosy. And this guy's like, Lord, I know you could heal me, if you will. And Jesus said, in in the literal English, of course I will, I always will. And the guy was made clean. Right? I mean, story after story after story. I love this. God is the originator 
of the things spoken. Right? The Holy Spirit is the agent to reveal them to you. He's the originator of everything he spoke. And the Holy Spirit will reveal what he spoke to your heart so that you know. The Holy Spirit will always lead you into being a doer of the word. Always. He'll lead you to take action on specific, very specific promises in God's word. I love that about him. So the Holy Spirit, he literally engraves the character of Jesus on our hearts through the word of God as we walk with him. As you're walking through life, the Holy Spirit is engraving the very character of Jesus on your heart through the word of God. He's the one that does it. People are not relying on the Holy Spirit's work, so he's unable to help them, but he's there. He's there. 1 Corinthians, let's look at this one. What time is it? 10, 12. Hmm. Man, it goes so fast. You know, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Well, you were kind of moving in that direction, so just kind of keep going over 1 and 2 Corinthians. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians 5, 17 says, Wherefore, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. God is saying, I don't ever want you to be unwise. I want you to not only know the will, but I want you to understand it. In other words, to miss understanding the word of God or the will of God for your life, that's not wise. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. So God wants you to know his will for your life. Ephesians 1.17, this is a prayer of supplication. We talk about this a lot. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that the eyes of your understanding, this is verse 18, being enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling. That is God's revealed specific will for your life. So how do I do that? In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it tells us, it says, trust, it all starts right here. It's all about relationship. He says, trust, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? With all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In the Hebrew language, that means don't lean on your own mind's conclusions. Because see, sometimes you could look at natural things and it really seems like you're supposed to go this way when God wants you to go this way. God knows. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, 
Acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And then it says, he will direct your paths. That's the Holy Spirit leading you. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge means in all of your ways, you consider him. In every one of your ways, you consider him. Some people will say, well, what would Jesus do? I'm considering him. What would Jesus do? No, no, no. Just let's go a little deeper than that. Let's go, Jesus, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in this situation? Right? Get very personal with this. This is so important. So, Romans chapter 8. Let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. So now we're talking about a little bit about how the Holy Spirit will lead you. We've, we've said that he wants to lead you. He knows where you're supposed to go. But you can't have your own agenda. And that's hard for us as Americans. Because we're used to doing our own thing and have our own agenda. Right? But realize freedom, God wants you to be free. But you gotta, you got to put down your agenda and embrace his agenda. So it says here in verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that word sons of God, in the Greek it would be the mature coming of age sons of God. They that are led by the Spirit of God. And then the word led, it reveals how the Holy Spirit leads. It's the Greek word, ago. You've heard me talk about it before. But we're going to talk about it again. It's a farming term. And a farmer would take one of his animals and he'd take a rope. So Pastor Edwin, can you come up here and be, be my farm animal? Yeah. I'm getting better though. I kind of warned you about this, didn't I? Yeah. Okay, so kind of here, you put this kind of around your waist. So the Holy Spirit, I'll be the Holy Spirit. So I'm on the inside of Pastor Edwin and I'm also upon him and I'm never gonna leave, lead, leave him. So, but I don't line up with what he wants to do. I'm going to lead him because I know, I know his path. So how I lead is I just do this. Have you ever, so he's just standing there and see he's kind of feeling a little tug on the inside. It's called an inner knowing, an unction. So he starts moving this way and, and, and I'm just leading him. But now... All of a sudden, he starts looking at some natural things and he thinks, wait a minute, if I go this way, I could get there faster. So he starts going, and this is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit's not going to just, he's not going to go, well, you know, Pastor Edwin's kind of smart. I think I'll. No, no, he doesn't do that. Thank God, right? I mean, you know, that's like taking a long walk off a short pier in shark infested waters. You don't want to do that. So, have you ever tried to move in this direction? Don't be afraid to move. Amen. When you're led by the Spirit, you always have to be moving. Have you noticed if you go put your car, try to steer your car if you're not moving. It doesn't go anywhere. But so what happens is, like Paul would say, I think I want to go this way, so start going that way, but the Holy Spirit constrained me. Down on the inside, I'm just feeling this tug. 
Now, I don't want a show of hands. How many have just went, they've lived, go that way and kind of go kind of strong. So they've lived like this. Have you ever lived like that? That stinks, doesn't it? Because there's pressure. You get frustrated. All of a sudden, everything Lisa does is wrong, but it's not because of Lisa. It's because there's inner turmoil in there. Because the Holy Spirit's like, dude, you're going off a cliff, right? So when you get the tug, what do you do? You just start going a different direction. Okay, does that make sense? There you go. I'll I'll let you unwrap yourself there. Thank you, thank you. So this is so important. That's why you can't be led by people. You can't be led by your past. You can't be led by your head. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Don't worry about it. You just keep your eyes on Jesus, and you, you'll, you'll end up going in an opposite direction, and you'll start thinking it's the right thing, but you'll all of a sudden go, wait, I can't go this way. There's nothing about this that feels right. And then just start moving in a different direction. Usually, it'll just kind of come up like, well, maybe I'm going to try to go this way a little bit. And see, this is what's so important if you're not submitted to the written word, he's unable to really do much about the revealed word, where I live, who I marry, who, I'm, who my friends are with, where I go, what I do. He can't really talk to you much about that. You know why? Because you're not sensitive. But if you, get, if you learn how to be led Okay, I don't feel like forgiving, but I'm going to forgive. I don't, you know, this person wronged me, but I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to honor God in every way, and I'm going to start being a doer of the word. Then all of a sudden, what's happening is you're delighting in the Lord, and he could start to give you the desires of your heart. Those desires are expressions of his will. You just know that you know that you know. Right? August 20th. I saw the back of my wife's head. And I knew. Because the Lord told me, there's your wife. I just knew. 32 years later, I know even more. It's been confirmed, but it was just a knowing. Do you know if she wasn't the right one, I couldn't have married her. She wouldn't have married me. So don't try to fight it. You know how many people are in relationships and marry the wrong people? Because, man, I just don't want to start over. Right? Do you know how many people are sitting in churches that they really shouldn't be in because the church's not teaching the word and they're not, it's not moved, the Holy Spirit's not moved, moving there. Things are whacked, but, the, but they're gifted and they're doing so much in the church and, oh my gosh, if I leave, what's going to happen to this church? You could miss it. Because you're not the head of the church. If you want to know how much God needs you and how things will fall apart if you leave, just get a bucket of water and stick your hand in it. And then pull your hand out and the indention that's left will be how, how you know, it's not going to rock heaven. Because he'll, he'll get somebody else. So, so don't worry about that. The, I mean, I know this is a big thing. The whole body of Christ is not dependent upon you 
So give yourself a break and just be full of joy and just be led. Love his church. Love what he loves. Honor him. And see, you're a New Testament believer. In the Old Testament, if you fall, he'd pick you up. In the New Testament, he will keep you from falling because of the mighty Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So, let's look at this. When the Holy Spirit leads you, you won't hear an audible voice. You will sense a pull or a tug in your spirit, and this is the primary way. It's just an inner knowing. That's how he leads us. Most people are running from meeting to meeting, give me a prophetic word so I can know what the will of God is. You are in trouble before you even get in your car because a prophetic word should confirm what the Lord is telling you, not lead you. Right? When the Holy Spirit tugs, though, your flesh will agonize because your flesh does not like to be told what to do. So don't worry about that. That's why you have to just keep your flesh on the altar. Right? Your, you know, your flesh might not like certain vegetables. But be led. <laughs> Whatever, right? <laughs> and we're not talking about Brussels sprouts, okay? Because I'm not so sure that's even a vegetable, all right? So, you know, I don't know what that thing is. I think it's a result of the curse, personally. But that's just... That's not Bible now, that's just my personal opinion. Moving on very quickly. Now, how does he lead you? Verse 16 of Romans chapter 8. The Spirit, now look at this, the King Jimmy translator, you could tell where he was at with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself. Nope, yeah. How many times have you heard me say that? It's the Greek word autos, himself personal, masculine pronoun, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Every time you start beating yourself up for something you did stupid, he will start bearing witness with your spirit. Listen, what you just did is not who you are. You are a child of God. You're the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. So forget all that and come on. Every time you feel weak, no, 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 no. You're a child of God. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. When you think you fail at something and you think it's over, he'll come into your life and go, no, 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 no. You're a child of God. You always triumph and you always are given the victory by your God. He'll, if, you, if you have symptoms attack your body, He'll remind you, wait a minute, you're a child of God. That has no legal right in your body. You don't have to have that in your body. So you stand and get it out. Right? That's, this is what he'll do. He'll bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Now let's jump down to verse 26. We're getting real close to closing here. Give me just a couple minutes. Hallelujah. It says in verse 26 of Romans, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps. This Greek word means he takes hold together with you against, the, against something. He helps our infirmia, infirmities. This is infirmities. 
This is weaknesses. It, it, it actually is a, it's a Greek word that means sickness and disease. And there's a reason why Paul used it. Because without the help of the Holy Spirit, you're like a cripple. You're like a comatose person. You're like, you can't do anything. That's why I use that word. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. What are, what's our main weakness as a believer? For we don't know, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, again, himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. P.C. Nelson, a Greek scholar, said, which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. This is talking about your prayer language. This is talking about tongues. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in your prayer language, that, that's the initial evidence that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You are praying the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is giving your spirit the utterance and you're praying out the perfect will of God. It builds up your most holy faith. You give thanks well. Many times you could be praying for other people or you could just be praying for yourself to help you lay hold of the prom promise of God. But you're, pray you're praying the perfect will. So do you realize if you pray in the spirit, you could pray the perfect will of God all the time. Isn't that amazing? Do you know every major direction in my life that has ever come, it's a result of me praying in the Spirit? Every, every time. Every time. It says here, verse 27, and he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. This word mind in the Greek means what is the plan of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will reveal and will assist you in walking out God's plan for your life. Isn't that amazing? When you attempt to pray without the help of the Holy Spirit, you're ineffective. He wants to help you. Ephesians 6.18, in Weymouth's translation, he brings out the Greek. It says, praying always with all manner of prayer stirred by the Holy Ghost. We have to stay in vital union with Him. We must stay in vital union with Him. We can do nothing apart from Him. Right? And I'll leave you with this. The Holy Spirit does not just bring reform into your life. He brings transformation into your life we have to know how to walk with him amen